Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Business Writers Radio. Brought to you by Business Writers Exchange. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Business Writers Radio. Stone Peyton Lee Cantor here with you. Lee, this is going to be a fantastic segment, man. Uh, up with us today, we have Fazia Burke. How are you, Fazia? I'm doing great, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Now, Fazia, um, can you tell us a little bit about your day job? How are you helping folks? Yeah, I do uh, online marketing for books and authors. So basically, I work on helping authors go their, grow their presence online and reach their audience. You know, in a way, I'm sort of the connector bee. I connect people with authors and authors with their audience. And um, what you've done, you took all that expertise and you kind of boiled it down into a book, right? You have a new book out called Online Marketing for Busy Authors. Yes, I do. Well, I've been doing this work for over 20 years, just promoting books and authors on the web. And I felt like I was answering a lot of the questions uh, over and over again. So I just wanted to get everything down on paper and get people sort of a head start. It's an introductory book, but it sort of, you know, saves authors a lot of time, lots of mistakes. Uh, and that way they can really get busy on uh, creating that relationship with their readers as quickly as possible. Now, when you wrote this book, did you have in mind the um, fiction writer or the nonfiction writer? You know, I've worked a lot with nonfiction, so, and nonfiction is a little bit easier to promote. So I would say I, I tried to write it for both types of authors, but I do think that my, just because of my own experience, it is targeted a little bit more towards the nonfiction authors. Now, is the advice and some of the tactics you recommend, are those uh, kind of unique to authors, or is this kind of the same advice you would give to any business person promoting their business? Yeah, well, today, you know, these days we all have to have an identity. We do all have to have a brand. You know, everyone needs it. So the advice, some of the advice is pretty much universal because it's, it's really about how to build your brand. But because my expertise and my experience has always been in book publishing, I figured I brought something unique to the to the book from that perspective. Uh, instead of trying to make a general book that would appeal to anybody or maybe nobody, I tried to make a book that I know I could reach the audience. I know I can help the audience. So it is uh, it is advice that can be used by other people, but it's certainly much more useful for us. When you're dealing with a nonfiction author, are they typically business people who are experts in their field and they say, hey, I'm going to write a book and I need some help promoting it? Or are these people whose you know, primary job is being an author? Well, you know, even, even authors who have their primary job is uh, being authors still do consulting, do other things. So most of the authors are people who are either business owners or consultants or, you know, sometimes it's doctors, people who have an expertise and they want to share that expertise through the book. And the book sort of opens the door for other opportunities for them. So it's not just focusing on sales of the book, but really increasing uh, their speaking engagements, sometimes increasing the fee that they charge for their speaking engagements, uh, getting new clients, raising the client, uh, prices on consulting, you know, maybe. So all of those things sort of come as an added benefit when you do write a book and you're an author. Especially nonfiction, right? Well, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think fiction has its own benefits, but a lot of times the people who write novels, you know, their whole whole sort of 
motivation and goal is for people to read their story. You know, that's sort of the goal. There, there isn't like a secondary goal of earning money or increasing their consulting clients or things like that. So it's a little bit, the motivations are different for sure. Now, when you went about writing the book, um, you'd been doing the work for so many years. Was it one of these things that after the fact, you were like, oh, I should have had this a while ago? <laughs> that is so true. Yes, exactly. I felt, why did I wait so long? Because there were two benefits. One, actually three benefits. One has been just because it would have been helpful all along to be able to point people to the book uh, and you know give them the information that they're looking for because I could only spend time with so many people, so it would just definitely help there. The second thing is it definitely helped my business, you know, straight up. I mean, I definitely have benefited from having the book out. And then the third thing is that, you know, you, you feel like all this information is in my head, and in a way it just feels like, it sounds kind of crazy, but almost like community service, you know, it's in my head, and I wanted to put it down and make sure that people have the information and they can make good choices and you know, I talked to a lot of people who've made mistakes in time and in money, and so I was hoping that my book would help them uh, save them both of those. And anxiety, my God, this work can be, you know, I it's, mean, everybody has a full-time job, they have families, they've written this book, which took forever, and now people have told them that they need to take a whole full-time other job of marketing it. It's a lot of stress. It can feel very overwhelming, and so I just wanted to make sure that I take some of that stress out of the process. Now, when you were deciding kind of the publishing approach, did you, was this something that because you're in the business so much that the publishers were coming up to you and saying, we'd like you to write this book? Or, or did you have to go about kind of writing the proposal and pitching it? No, I did get lucky that way. I think just because I was already in the book publishing world and, you know, the client, the pub, my publisher, Barrett Kohler, which is a wonderful, wonderful business book publisher, I highly recommend them. They were already a client of mine. So I had that contact already. So I, I, you know, fortunately, I didn't even need a proposal. I didn't need an agent. They liked what I was, you know, I was already working on a document and they sort of liked it and I expanded it for them. So I did get lucky that way for sure. Now, when you are working with a publisher as opposed to um, kind of self-publishing, which is uh, so popular nowadays, do they help a lot with the promotion and all the stuff that you're, you know, kind of the tips and tactics you're sharing? Well, I mean, they just don't really don't have the time. You know, I used to be in-house before I started my company. I worked with John Wiley and part of Macmillan, Henry Holt. And so it's it's really challenging. You have a lot of projects, lots of books. It's hard to give the kind of information and hand-holding that every one of us needs. You know, we need a lot of help and attention. Uh, and the publishers have sort of a formula of what they do. They certainly cover the trade publishing. You know, they do certain kinds of advertising that they have seen work. So there are certain things that the publishers will do, but building your own brand, building that relationship with your readers, it's really on you. I think that's always going to be the case. And, you know, the better job you do, the better they can do. Uh, But it's not something they can build for you because you really have to build that relationship with your readers. And that's an important, maybe uh, that's an important kind of learning for authors because they may not be aware of how much is required of them on this side, right? Because they think they're, that writing the book might be the only work they have to do, but they really have a, a job on the back end of this too. They really do. And and the thing is, you know, a lot of times authors get kind of surprised. One, There's so many authors who've told me, 
you know, if someone had just told me this, I would have done it. I just didn't know. Right. know. No one told me that I needed to do this work. So I think one of the reasons I wrote the book is just to make sure that people know what is required and what is necessary these days, you know, have building your own digital platform, making sure all of that is up and running. Basically, what I say to authors is that if you can get that part done, if you can build your own brand, then the publisher can come in and amplify that. You know, they can give you distribution, they can leverage their connections to take you to the next level, but you have to come to the table with that branding already in place. Right. So that's some of the work that uh, you should be doing pretty much immediately, right? I would say you should at least begin this process maybe even before the book's completed. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think I tell people, you know, as soon as you have an idea for a book, you should start this work because one, there are a couple of benefits of that. One, it takes a long time to really see the work sort of pay off. It can take as much as 18 months, two years before you really start to see the amount of money and time you've put into it really start to pay off. So that's one reason you want to start early. But second, and almost as important, is that you might have an idea in your head, you know, this is before a book proposals and you or before you've got a publisher. And you sort of have an opportunity here to float those ideas out there and see what kind of response people give. So if you have an idea and you're really passionate about it and you write blogs about it and you tweet about it and you you know you're you're doing interviews about it and really there isn't a lot of people responding, then maybe you're on the wrong on the wrong idea. You know, you, maybe this is a great way to do market research and see where the where the pain points are and how you can make your idea better because the way you're thinking is maybe not going to work. Today, even publishers expect that authors are going to come to the table with the platform already built. Um, so I think the sooner you start, the better for sure. Now, when you say platform, are you, are you referring to a Facebook page with so many Facebook followers, an email list, you know, a blog with so many kind of yeah. subscribers? Like, is that what you're meaning when you say platform? Well, it's a little bit of everything. So it's be, you know that the I think at the core point, what publishers are looking for is how many readers can you bring to your book? You know how how much uh, audience do you come to the table with? How much do they have to provide? So they want a partnership with someone. So if you have done none of the platform building, right? You have, and which just means having a relationship with readers. How many readers do you have a relationship with? Whether it's via email, whether it's your blog, it's your website, it's your social media. How many ways can you connect with your readers? And you come to the table and say, I haven't started on that, then all of the ownership of promoting the book is on the publisher. But if you come to the table and say, you know, I have 10,000 people on my, um, you know, on my mailing list, I have so many thousands of people in my social media network, here's my engagement, here's the amount of traffic I get on my blog, that really does make uh, the publisher's job a lot easier because then now they have a partner instead of having to lift the whole thing themselves. Now, is there a number that a publisher looks for for you to have a certain amount of a mailing list or a certain amount of followers? Or is it like 10,000? Is it a million? Is there a number that authors can shoot for? Yeah, unfortunately, I think it's it's a little bit different depending on the book and depending on the publisher. But one thing I will ch- say has changed is that in the beginning... Beginning, beginning, not beginning of time, but like beginning of social media, like around 10 years ago. So about five years ago until then, people were really chasing the numbers, the highest numbers possible. So what happened is people got into bad habits of maybe buying followers or, you know, renting lists 
dates and things like that. And what we have discovered now is that the engagement is way more important than the numbers. So I've seen authors who have really big numbers, but when they post something, there's no engagement. There's no one responding, nobody commenting, nobody retweeting. And that actually is a bigger indication of success than the sheer numbers. So at this point, at least in my view, I think the number of engagement, like your open rate on your newsletter, not just how many you send out, but how many people open it is actually more important. And that's probably true. Also, if, if when you're trying to get your book published, if, if you that might be the edge you need to, a certain publisher to take a risk with you, right? That's exactly right. You come to the table with, you know, here's how many people respond to my blogs. Here's how many people respond to my tweets. You know, I have a regular engagement. I'm, I'm consistent. That is really important. But what I'll also tell you, Lee, is that it's also important if you decide to self-publish. You know, this work is important regardless of the publishing choice you make because your relationship to your reader is just as important no matter what, how you bring the book out into the world. So no matter what, you have to do this work. And when you're saying work, some of it might be as simple as, like you said, being on Twitter and posting things there, but it might be blogging because blogging, I would think, is a good way to do some of that market research to find out what ideas are resonating on a regular rhythm with your audience. For sure. For sure. I have this uh, formula that I use with my clients and I, it's called design plus engagement plus visibility equals success. So what each of those things mean is that design is actually how we look, how we represent ourselves, how our websites look, how our photos look, how our graphics look. That sort of is really important because a lot of times we may make a judgment call and judge somebody within one-tenth of a second. So we may look at somebody's site and say, oh, my God, they're not professional, and move on. So it's really important how we represent ourselves. Engagement is what we just talked about, how many people are responding to you, how many people are opening your emails, uh, how many people are talking to you on social media, not just you talking at them, but them talking back to you. And then comes the visibility, which is you know, distribution, publicity, advertising. A lot of times what authors do is they'll focus on spending the money on advertising and publicity before step one and step two are in place. Right. So and my the- formula is that, you know, you do those things first because when you then invite people to come check you out, you're in good shape. You know, you, you look good, you look professional, everything is working for you. Um, so I feel like that formula actually works better than anything else. Right, because that builds kind of that solid foundation that, like you said earlier, that everything could be amplified from that point forward. That's exactly right. That's exactly what the visibility can create, whether you do it on your own, whether you hire somebody, whether the publisher does it. All of that part, the visibility part, comes third. You have to, on your own, create your, you know, how you represent yourself in a design way, in, you know, and sort of graphically and then how you build your engagement. Those two things are always going to be on your plate. Nobody can really do that for you. You have to do that for yourself. You have to create that brand that's worth sharing. That's exactly right. And yes, you can spend a lot of money on it. I've seen lots of authors spend tons of money, and I've seen authors do, you know, not a lot of money, a lot of time, but you either have to spend the time or the money. There isn't isn't an easier way of doing (laughs) that. That's right. There's no shortcuts in this. There is no shortcuts, no. Now, are (laughs) the... Do you find yourself using some of the techniques in your book in promoting your book? 
Yes, we did. You know, we did all of it, obviously. <laughs> you know, I have my website, I have my social media, the engagement, I have my mailing list, I have, you know, I've done lots of visibility to search my name online. My features come up in a lot of different places. And it obviously that that's part the visibility part is really important. It's probably what we, you know, 80% of our business is creating that online exposure for authors. So for example, my, uh, you know, when my book came out last year, my I had blogs that were posted on Fast Company and there was information about my book on Forbes and, uh, you know, all of those kinds of like big name brands, but also then smaller sites and smaller uh, author websites and, and writing websites. And so when you do a search on my name, all of that comes up and that just lends credibility. You know, it shows people that I've been doing this for a long time, that people, you know, respect what I say. Uh, and that makes a big impact on on how people perceive you. So it's it's part of that, visi- creating that visibility for sure. Now, can we talk a little bit about your actual writing process for your book? Because you were in the in the business for so many years. In some ways, you would think that this would write itself or you might have written so many articles over the years, you were just compiling it. But was that how you went about it? Yeah, a little of both. I mean, some of it is just, you know, uh, things I'd already written that I could pull together and, and expand on because our blogs are generally pretty short. So this was, gave me an opportunity to write further. Another thing that I think I was able to do is actually go and tap, uh, uh, you know, other authors and agents that I work with and get their feedback. So I was able to include that in the book. and. Um, you know, I think it, it did kind of write itself just because I was already in so immersed. And I do one thing, you know, I think that's um, kind of a crucial thing is that I have a very specific job. I promote books and authors on the web. And that's a narrow niche. I have deep roots because I started it, uh, you know, I was one of the first, well, I was the first company to start doing internet marketing for books and authors. And we're still, you know, I think, I think the only, maybe there are maybe other people who are doing it now, but certainly the only one with as much experience as we do. So it's the one thing I do. So everything, you know, whether it's giving a talk or whether consulting with people or whether promoting a book or whether writing a book, it all flows so naturally because this is something that I'm so immersed in all the time. Has your work changed with the advent of so many different social media channels or does it really matter? Because like, just because Snapchat's hot, that means, you know, you have to do something. You're just adding that to the mix. Like, how do you choose which social media channels are the right fit for each author? Oh, great question, Lee. That's such a good question. I wish more people asked that question. So here's what I tell people. Things come, I mean, I've been on the web for over 20 years. I started my company in 95. And I have seen lots of cool, shiny things come and go. You know, they, they seem really hot for a while. Everybody jumps on the bandwagon, and then it doesn't sort of pay off. So I have advice for my clients because none of my clients have time to waste. Early adopters can be people like me who enjoy it and kind of figure out what's what's working and what's not working. But for authors who don't have a lot of time, there are a few things to think about. One is, you know, use things that are already proven. There is no reason for authors to waste their time on something that may not take off or may not sustain and you have to then start all of that, you know, building again. So work with things that are already established, first of all. Second, work in networks where you share the audience. So it's really important. It's very easy to find out demographics for each social channel. And, you know, we on, honestly, we only have time to do maybe two or three social channels well. 
there's no way that we can be as active and as present on more than that. So pick those carefully and then really engage well on the ones that work for you. Uh, and then experiment, you know, use data. See if people are responding to what you're saying. And if that's the right audience, then double down and invest more time and money. And if it's not working, then ditch it and try something else. Uh, just because it works for someone else does not mean that's the formula that you have to use as well. So it's really important to make sure that your demographics uh, works with your the marketing that you choose. So, for example, if you've written a book on leadership, being on Snapchat is probably not going to work as well for you. Right. But if you've written a sci-fi novel for a YA author, then I would say you have you shouldn't be on LinkedIn. You know that sort of thing. So. Make sure that the, the demographics of the social networks actually matches your audience. Otherwise, you're paying, you know, spending a lot of time and effort and chasing ghosts. And so it's better to go deep on a couple than it is to be superficial on a lot. 100%. Absolutely. You know, the, the, sometimes I go to a author's website and they have like 12 different icons for every possible thing. You know, they're either not involved in all of them. Or they're cross-posting, which means that they're just having posting in one place and then having it just get distributed on different networks. And that doesn't really build a lot of engagement. You have to really sort of be in, the, in those channels for them to actually work for you. Going to the point of going deep in a channel, how important is it to, for the author to be the actual poster? Or is that something that they can have a team kind of do some of that work? Or does it have to really yeah. be them? I think it's a really good question. I do go back and forth. I think my preference is always to tell people that it is best if you do it yourself. It is more authentic. I, we always see more engagement when the authors themselves say it. There's something in the way that they phrase things or there's something that about their personality that comes through. I've definitely seen that kind of engagement be higher when the authors do it themselves. That said, I have authors who are brain surgeons and running corporations and have a lot of, you know, don't have time on their hands to do it. So I think there is a way to sort of maybe do a balancing act. You can't shop this out completely and think that someone else can build your reputation for you. But you also, I think I recognize that, you know, you may not have time to search for every opportunity and things like that. So I, what I've created for some of my clients, kind of a hybrid model, um, you know, we if there's a particular uh, news article that we think should be shared, instead of just sharing it, we go back to our authors and say, would you say a line about this? You know, would you comment about this so we can post something that's a little bit more authentic than just posting that? Asking the authors to actually give tags for photographs or something like that. We sort of created a little bit of a hybrid model where uh, we work with the authors. They take a little bit of time once a week to go over things, we come up with an editorial calendar, and then we do the actual posting and, you know, responding and advertising and things like that to make sure that the, the feeds are running, you know, correctly and properly, even when the authors get busy. But I do think that it needs to be a kind of a hybrid model. You can't really just shop this out and never look at it again. Right. You can't delegate it to your uh, niece or nephew that's 20, right? Definitely not that. No, no. In fact, I have, I tell you, I had an author who was, had written a really serious book about science. And, you know, she was involved with people who are uh, Nobel laureates and, you know, just really smart people in big universities doing great big research projects. And that was, you know, what she had written. 
she, my recommendation, hired someone who was exactly 20 years old in college, and she did uh, started posting on her Twitter feed something like, I went shoe shopping, and I just bought this great <laughs> pair of shoes, and I mean, really just insane, I mean, not insane, kind of fun, but fun for a 20-year-old. And, you know, here's this woman who is, all, you know, in her 50s, has an incredible experience in science. And instead of, you know, just it so did not match. And, you know, thankfully, she she realized it and, and stopped it. But in the meantime, you know, if she had not been looking or I had not been looking, then that's how she's representing herself to the world. And that would not work for her audience at all. Right. It's like, it's like they say, you know, you're branding yourself, even if you don't think you are. Yes, that's exactly right. Every action you take or do not take is a reflection of your brand. And you got to protect the brand at all costs. All costs. In fact, I always tell my staff that, you know, one of our core principles is that for every author we work with, you know, we literally hold their reputations in our hand because Google has a long memory and you make a mistake and, you know, it's still up there. And I've seen authors who've come to me and said, you know, I hired the wrong person and they didn't have a lot of experience. And, uh, you know, this one author uh, had uh, uh, worked on um, healthcare and, you know, that giving people advice on healthcare or finances, you've done pretty serious. You know, this is a serious thing. People have to be serious about it. And that PR firm that they used didn't have a lot of experience and they didn't get him on the right channels. And he felt like his brand was, you know, hurt by that. So it's really important to work with people who have experience, who have credibility, who can show you who they've worked with before you start working with people. You know, this is, that's really, it's, Google has a really, really long memory. So that's right. <laughs> you want to be careful. Yeah. Google is forever. It's in there Google somewhere. Forever. <laughs> now, and unfortunately, our mistakes then stay forever. <laughs> that's right. Um, so now, did you do you think that by going through this process, like your authors that you promote and having a book on promoting, it's almost like a, a house of mirrors. Um, but did you learn any lessons that um, from going through the process yourself and maybe have a different perspective or maybe understand your authors a little differently because you are now an author yourself? Yes, great question. Two things. One, this stuff is really hard. <laughs> <laughs> And second, you know, it's the, you know, I have so much more sympathy for authors than I ever did. I mean, I've done this work always. I felt like I was always on the side of my clients. But, you know, I have a very busy business. I speak a lot of different conferences and things like that. So I'm out of time. My clients come way before anything else. So they are my priority and I take care of them first. And I have a family and, you know, all of these things that all every author shares. And you realize, even though I know what to do, the time commitment and finding the time to do it and to do it well is really challenging. But what I've learned over time, thankfully, it's all about the engagement. So, you know, you can have 2,000 people who are really engaged with you, respond, comment. You know, those kinds of relationships are way more important than just building, 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 which we were doing for, you know, five years ago. That was everybody's sort of game plan. Another thing I've really learned that's been humbling is that I always felt because I was in PR and, you know, I, I promote my clients and that's my job. I didn't have to build my brand. There was no reason to, you know, I had really, I was just working and all my business comes through referrals. So 
it just felt like that's not that wasn't my priority. And then, you know, suddenly you have a book come out and you go, oh, my God, it's now my turn. I have to do this, too. <laughs> so I had a lot more sympathy once I became an author myself. So That's it was right. a good learning experience. You're on the sure. other side of the table now. Now you, I, you can appreciate when you give them this to-do list how overwhelming it is sometimes. Yes. Yes. And I know how to do it. You know, they, they're even learning because sometimes they're doctors and they don't want to be marketers. You know, right. this is, I mean, I love marketing. You know, this is what I live for. But they don't. This is not something they live for. This is not something that they'd like to do. So it did really give me a lot of it was a great learning. It's good perspective okay. to occasionally good kind of be on that other side. For these authors that are out there, maybe they just published their book or they're in the process of getting it published. If you can just narrow down that handful of things that are the must-to-dos from your book, what would those be? Well, whether it's from my book or my experience, what I have to say is that the authors have to have a professional website. You know, I had one client come to me. He's a super, super smart guy. He's got three engineering degrees. He works for, he's worked for the U.S. government. He's worked for the armed forces. He's worked for the, you know, parliament. And his website, because he wanted to do it himself, just looked so homemade. You know, it really did not represent him well at all. And one of the first things I did was talk to him and say, you know, there's no point in me doing publicity for you if when I invite people to come and check your website, they look at this and think, wow, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about, you know, right off the bat. So having a really well done professional website doesn't have to be expensive, but it does need to be very professionally done for business authors, that's really important. Um, so you do need that. I think a blog is important because it helps bring traffic to your website. It also um, shows your expertise rather than you just telling people, listen, I'm really good at this. You can actually show people that you know your stuff and you know how to do it. So that, you know, the first part is the design part. As I said, you know, you want to make sure your website looks good, your social assets match, everything has a cohesive branding. So no matter where I, in, you know, wherever I see that author, I feel like there's a consistency to the branding. And so that's step one. Uh, they do need to do that for sure. And then on top of that, then you build blogging, your mailing list, social media, all of those things are important. And then the third step would obviously be to blog for other people to see if you can get, you know, features on other sites and other media outlets that can uh, grow that credibility for you. So I think if you if you stay focused on building it in this order, I feel like it becomes less overwhelming. But if you look at all of that being done at the same time with the same sort of priority, then it, it feels very overwhelming. Right. So if you just attack it one at a time and kind of methodically, you can take care of it and then you're, you, you, it's never done, but it's pretty much, you, you can move on to the next challenge here. That's exactly right. And it isn't done. You just build on top of what you've already built. So it's like the rings of the tree. You know, you just, you build one thing and then you build out and then you build out and it, it improves your career. It helps, uh, you know, it makes people take notice of what you're doing. It, then it's sort of, you know, you kind of feel motivated more. In the beginning, you feel like it's you and your mom reading your blog. Right. Um, but then over time, as people start to respond to you and you start to get that feedback from people, you know, you get a call from someone who wants to hire you for something that came out of your mailing list. All of that starts to then feel really good. And it takes a little bit of time, but I've seen it over and over uh, that it does work for sure. 
Now, getting back to the actual book you wrote, can you share a piece of advice for that new author who's thinking about putting a book together? In terms of marketing or in terms of publishing? Just the writing part of the book or the, you know, like creating the, creating the book. Yeah, one of the things that I would say that really helped me, uh, one is, of course, as advice given by all authors to all other authors, which is just you got to get your you know, button the chair, otherwise the day just go to, sort of goes by and you realize you haven't written anything. So you need to have a schedule to make sure that you are writing on a regular basis. And then I think, you know, having uh, a community of other writers who are maybe in the same boat or maybe a little bit ahead is really helpful because, it, you know, you, they keep you motivated, you keep them motivated. It's good to have people who can maybe read your manuscript, give you feedback, uh, tell you something is not working, be honest with you. I had three re- readers, um, or I guess other authors, who did that for me. And it was really, really helpful because they saw things in the book and they all three of them came from a different perspective. So they came to the book in ways that I couldn't because I was too close to it. So I would say those two things, you know, just scheduling the time to actually get the writing done and then to have people who can give you really good, honest feedback is really helpful. Talking about community, you're going to be part of the Business Writers Conference in April in Birmingham, Alabama. Can you talk a little bit about what you're going to be talking about? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm really excited. I think, you know, this is the second time that this conference has been held. I think this is a very unique, I'm a big, big fan of niche marketing. What I've done, I do one thing, I try to do it the best that anyone can, you know, in the best possible way. And I feel like that's something that has really worked for me in my business. And I think that having a conference that's specifically aimed at the business author is really such a great use of their time. Because a lot of the writing conferences I go to are really aimed at uh, fiction authors, and it's really aimed at, a lot of times, self-published authors. So to have a conference where you know it's really about the business aspect of it uh, and for business authors who obviously have, you know, goals that are about growing their business, about speaking, all of those kinds of things, and having everyone there focused on those goals, I think is going to be fantastic. I'm so excited and, and thrilled that I'm going to be presenting. And the con- the presentation that I am going to be giving is, uh, I'm going to talk about that, that formula, the design uh, engagement and uh, visibility formula, but I'm going to break down and give tools that you can use to, to help you with each of those stages. So in in the design phase, I'm going to give options for d- doing a website uh, and then how to create graphics and things like that. And then on engagement, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, social media tools, uh, scheduling tools, things that will make things a little bit easier. You know, we do all have to do this, but there are tools that can make things easier for everyone. So that's my the plan for that conference for me is I'm going to be giving uh, talking about all of these tools. Many of them are free that really make the process and the work easier. Right. So you'll be speaking at the Business Writers Conference. That's April 19th through 21st in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, if somebody wanted to learn more about your work, uh, do you have a website? Yes. So they can come to my uh, author website, which is fauziaburk.com. That's F-A-U-Z-I-A-B-U-R-K-E.com. All right. Thank you so much, Fazia. This has been incredibly informative, and we'll look forward to seeing you at the Business Writers Conference. Uh, Lee and I will be there. Business Radio X will be there broadcasting live. We look forward to, to catching up with you. 
Oh, I'm looking forward to it. And thank you so much for wonderful questions. And this was a really fun conversation. I appreciate that, Lee. Absolutely our pleasure. All right, until next time, this is Stone Payton for Lee Cantor, our guest today, Fazia Burke, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Business Writers Radio. Business Writers Radio is brought to you by Business Writers Exchange. To learn more about developing a successful book and building your business around it, visit business-writers-exchange.com.